welcome to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my fiancé to watch the musicals he really should have seen by now, and then we talk about them. Aha! I be the fiancé. <laughs> nope, you're a Muppet. Am I a man? Or am I a Muppet? A Muppet. I'm a Muppet man. <laughs> Very manly Muppet. We're not talking about that Muppet <laughs> one today, <laughs> we're not. And there's a part of me that wishes we were... I do really love the Muppet film. Yeah. It's funny that that was the first Muppet film I watched. Mm-hmm. I wasn't interested. I'd seen Christmas Carol, so tell a lie. I'd seen Christmas Carol because I feel like that's unavoidable. Yeah. But then I, I just liked it because it was a Christmassy film. I wasn't fussed by the Muppets. How is that possible? I was really scared of puppets growing up. What? Like, I think Pinocchio really did a number on me. Sure. So I wasn't fussed by the Muppets. And I actually worked at a cinema chain when this one was coming out. And we had an event where we get to watch it before general release. Right. Because we would do that with the films. You have to check that they work. Like, mm-hmm. you have to play it through a whole time before you actually bring audiences in. Because if there's an issue... Yeah. So staff, if they were so inclined, could go and watch some of these. We didn't do it with everything. There were certain things that you were not allowed to do. Mm-hmm. Like embargo releases, like most Marvel stuff. So I went along, had no expectations, but came out loving it. And then went back and watched the entire Muppet show and a lot of the Muppet films. The only two Muppet films I have not seen are Muppets Treasure Island. Yeah. And... Muppets in Space. You've seen Muppets Wizard of Oz? I don't count that because it's a it's a straight-to-video release. It's on their list. Yeah, it, it's a straight-to-video release, so I haven't seen that one. Have you seen It's a Very Muppet Christmas Movie? Is that the Letters to Santa? Yeah. I watched a bit of it, and it was trash, so I turned it off. Have you seen The Great Muppet Caper? Yes, that's the second one. The one where... Uh, Kermit and Fozzie are twins. Yeah. And no one can tell the difference, which <laughs> no is one of my favourite jokes. <laughs> and I tell you what, Muppets Take Manhattan helped mm. me get a point in Best Film Ever Quiz over the weekend. Cool. Which was very, very cool. Mm-hmm. The reason I haven't seen Muppets Treasure Island is because Treasure Island doesn't excite me. Mm-hmm. For something with, like, pirates. And I love pirates. Unless, you know, it's the pirate movie from a year ago. The pirate movie's great, how dare you? I just, I feel like Treasure Island is one of those, like, everyone loved it because there weren't better pirate stories. Yeah. Like, we watched it at the start of lockdown on the National Theatre Street, and it was good. Mm-hmm. I just feel like the story is kind of meh, you know? Mm-hmm. So this one didn't excite me, and I know it's got like a general consensus of it's good. It's so good, but it's not as good as Muppets Christmas Carol. I think I do think Muppets Christmas Carol is the best Muppet movie. Yeah, I'm sure people will argue with me about this, but it is the one of the ones where I could rewatch that and then just turn it back on again. Yeah, it's one of those that like. I really like watching it Christmas and I don't want to watch it too early because then I feel like I can't watch it again through the Christmas period because there's so many other Christmas films. Mm-hmm. But you kind of, it's like the one you look forward to all the time. So why don't I just watch it and 
at, at the start of the season. I think this is the thing with Muppet Treasure Island. Obviously, it's it's the second film after this one. It's the second uh, non-Jim Henson Muppet done. Mm-hmm. And it's very much following that same format of it worked here. So let's do it again with another bit of literature. And it's very telling that we never got another Muppets in this universe theatrical release we got muppet wizard of oz which is a great film but it's not a full film theatrical feature okay you know and it's not it doesn't finish a trilogy but you have muppets in space in between so clearly they looked at it and were like yeah it didn't work it's like diminishing returns it didn't work as well as muppet christmas carol so let's just try and do something else sure so tell me about muppet's treasure island well so first of all who is your favourite Muppet? Fozzie. Why? He's funny. He's not funny. That's why I love it. That's the point. Yeah, but that's why I really like Fozzie. Is, is just, I feel like that's me. I try to make these jokes that don't land. Waka waka. Waka waka. Waka waka. I, I just like him. And I feel like he's really just cute. Mm-hmm. And it's probably my one critique of Muppet's Christmas Carol. You get the brilliant joke of, it's Fozzie wig. Yeah. Which is hilarious, Which is obviously. Hilarious. But he's not in it any other and way. And he's not in it any other way. So I hope that Muppet's Treasure Island does a little bit more with him. Mm-hmm. I love Sattler and Waldorf. Mm-hmm. I, Correct, I, because that's essentially what this podcast is, is Sattler and Waldorf complain about theatre. But I think they're good in small doses. Yes, when they're not overused, they're really funny. You know, Muppet's Christmas Cow, incidentally, uses them perfectly. We get Marley and Marley, and that's it. And we get them at Fozzie Wigs. That's it. For mm-hmm. me, that works. Mm-hmm. I Everyone loves Kermit. Obviously, he is the Muppet. Yes. And Miss Piggy's great. I like Gonzo. Yeah. I just like Gonzo's whole vibe. Who's your favourite non-Muppet Muppet? Oh, I'm, I I like uh, Mr. Deadly. Mm, that's a shout. I think he's really cool. And obviously he's like the phantom of the Muppet Theatre, so nice. Oh, that's not what I meant, but okay. What do you mean? I mean, who's your favourite Jim Henson Muppet? Oh, yeah. Who's no. not from the Muppets? I don't mean the lineup. I mean, who's not from a Muppets film? Because Big Bird... Oh, well, Muppet, I don't, the yeah, Sesame yeah. Street characters, Muppets, Bear in the Big Blue House. I don't, count, I don't think they do count. No, but I don't think much about them. In which case, I'm going to say Yoda. Yeah, cool. Because Yoda was a, Yoda was designed by Jim Henson. In the same way, wasn't or like Audrey Hoggle or yeah, Audrey too, yeah. or um, Ludo from Labyrinth. I'm not that fond of Labyrinth. Ludo. I know you're not. I don't care. I don't didn't watch it as a child, so for me, I don't think it has. I watched that film on repeat. As a child. Yeah. But, I mean, Big Bird. What an absolute lad. Yeah. Elmo is a well, Muppet. Well, Big Bird was in The Muppets. Yeah. He was a guest on The Muppet Show. Like, was well, a whole the only reason he was a guest on The Muppet Show is because The Muppets showed up on well, the Sesame Muppet Street. Yeah, and I think Bert and Ernie were also guests on mm-hmm. The Muppet Show, which is very cool. Mine is Gonzo, by the way. Yeah, I think Gonzo's great. I just love the whole, like, Gonzo and Rizzo stuntman so gone funny. wrong. Yeah, I love him. Anyway, tangent over. I, I'll tell you who I feel is an underappreciated Muppet character. Sweetums. 
The fact that I have no... Is that Miss Piggy's... No, Sweetums is like the giant one who's like clearly a man in a costume. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, I know who you mean. Yeah. I can only picture him as who he plays in this film, but... Oh, is he in this one? Yeah. Good, because I really like him in the, the Muppets, the 2000... Well, 2012 over in the UK, but 2011 in the US is where like... They're in their little car and they picked up all the Muppets and you just see him chasing off and like, hey guys. Yeah. I just, I think he's cute. Mm-hmm. Do you have anyone that you don't like? Like, I hate Miss Piggy. Why? That's not her fault. I love, right, I have a love-hate relationship with Miss Piggy. She is an icon and also like an absolute legend who wouldn't want to be Miss Piggy. Yeah. Because she seems to just do whatever she wants and is like incredibly wealthy clearly yes but also i hate that the way that she's always set up to be this like crazy girlfriend to kermit and like she's kind of abusing him i think kermit also seriously gaslights her yeah and i just hate that relationship so whenever that is happening i just can't deal with that and i don't want to see it um i'll tell you who my least favorite muppet is Hmm. i really don't like Pepe the, the prawn. Me too. And Sam the eagle. I love Sam the eagle. They don't use him for anything. Uh, but I love him. Again, it's small doses. I think he's great in Muppets Christmas Carol with that, like, the little boy Scrooge who looks so terrified that he's performing across from, like, this Muppet. Like, yeah. deer in headlights. I love that. And it's like, it's the American way. And... The only <laughs> thing I like him in, and I will say this, <laughs> is, I know you've never been to Disney World. <laughs> But in Disney World, they have a show called Great Moments in History. Yes. I believe they've gotten rid of it. Boo. I don't know why. It's one of the best shows in Disney World. Uh, Great Moments in History, but just the American parts. Yeah. And Sam is the one that sings, but just the American parts, which is hilarious. I, I really like Swedish Chef. No, I don't. But I, 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 I don't think he's got the range. And if he was a central character in something, I think the joke would wear thin. Yeah. Like I think he works in the very small doses of... You know, like in the Muppets where he sings and it's all, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, I tell you who I love, Camilla the Chicken. Yes, Gonzo's one and only. One of the other things with the Muppets as a license that obviously they're very famous for mm. is celebrity guests. Yeah, and you have like a big human role, Michael Caine. Yes. And Jason Segal, for instance. People don't tend to do two Muppet movies. They're like one and done. Mm-hmm. But you, you usually have them and they exist within that world with people. So yes, uh, Michael Caine as Scrooge is brilliant. Uh, Jason Segal and Amy Adams are really good in their human roles in the Muppets. Yeah. I know that we have one of my favourite actors as the human character in this. Yeah. And I'm really excited to see like smarmy... 90s tim curry mm-hmm. in this and I, I i can't see him as being anyone but the villain obviously which i think is interesting because the human characters thus far from like muppet movies aren't usually the villains well we're so you have like tex richmond but you know scrooge isn't a villain and it, the guy playing tex richmond isn't the big actor attached to it mm-hmm. whereas michael kane is the draw so when they were deciding on what their follow-up to Muppet Christmas Carol would be, because they started writing this after that came out yes. and the success of Muppet Christmas Carol, um, they were trying to come up with what 
they wanted to work on and one of the co-writers for it, Kirk Thatcher, said there were a whole bunch of ideas that they wanted to work on. Treasure Island was one of them. Yeah. And also a King Arthur story where you would have dragons and knights and that was going to then be their follow-up to Treasure Island. And I... Because everyone agreed that Treasure Island would be a good one to go for after Christmas Carol. In the first draft of it, do you know what the main character of Treasure Island is called? It's a boy. Yeah. It's like an orphan. It's like Will Turner, but younger. It's totally Will Turner, but it's he's called Jim Hawkins. Okay. So originally Gonzo and Rizzo were going to be the main characters, and they were going to play two characters called Jim and Hawkins. Because be building off the success of them as Charles Dickens and Rizzo the Rat. Yes. You'd have them in that kind of role again. Yeah. But the studio was really nervous that they wouldn't be able to handle the emotional heart of this story because when they're playing Charles Dickens as the narrator, they're not really handling the emotional stuff. That was Michael Caine's job. Yes. And obviously your audience is going to respond more to the sadder moment if we have a human character portraying that physical emotion. Is it Robert Louis Stevenson who does... who wrote Treasure Island? Mm. Yeah. Uh, is like Gonzo just Robert Louis Stevenson plus Rizzo then? No. Okay, so they've at least done something different with the formula then. Yes. Okay. So they decided they were going to have a kid come in to play Jim Hawkins. They auditioned like hundreds of actors, but eventually they ended up with an actor called Kevin Bishop, who I don't think you will recognise uh, at this point in his career because he's like 12 or 14. Yeah. He very rapidly went through puberty while filming this. Oh, bless him. So they recorded all of his singing early on. Yeah. It's the same issue that they have with everything where you cast a 12-year-old in a show. It's the same issue I had when I did Oliver. My voice started breaking halfway through. And yeah. I lost Boy for Sale. They would get that game. It was given to like a year five who'd sat up and sing in the choir because I just didn't have the range anymore. That's really sad. Yeah, but it happens. I'm not bitter. Yeah. The fact I still remember it, maybe I am a little bitter, but, you know. Mm-hmm. So he got the role and then Rizzo and Gonzo are just his sidekicks, basically. So they lead the movie, but they are together for most of it. They announced in 1993, Brian Henson announced that they were going to do Muppet Treasure Island. Cool. So he's directing it again. Yes. And they had a first look deal with Walt Disney Pictures, who would then buy the Muppets in 2004. Yes, because... This Muppets in Space and Muppets Christmas Carol are Disney yeah. things, mm-hmm. but the Muppets weren't owned by them at the time. Yeah, so Disney had released Muppets Christmas Carol, and then they had a first look agreement with Treasure Island, but they didn't want to sign on to it immediately, just in case this wasn't going to be yeah. as good. They did end up taking it. Cool. Frank Oz was unavailable for this film. Wow. So he voiced all the characters in post but they had other puppeteers uh mostly kevin clash do his characters on set and then he voiced them off so is this going to be one of the first muppets blimey that's huge because obviously you don't have jim henson mm-hmm. but you also now don't have frank oz mm-hmm. so it kind of is like the first muppets without two of the pioneers yeah because Brian Henson obviously directs Muppets Christmas Carol mm-hmm. and the film is dedicated to his dad. Yeah. And Brian Henson does eventually, I don't know when, but he does lose kind of the Muppets because he did the Happy Time Murders recently. 
yeah. but did a very grown up like I'm not allowed to do this with the Muppets, so I'm going to do my own Muppet. I quite thing. enjoyed that. Film. I liked it. As it was a, interesting, and I, I aspire to live in the world of the Muppets. Yeah, but. and and I like things where you have like slightly ruder things with like characters that you stuff that with. we grew up with. Yes, yeah. so I liked the Happy Time Murders, mm-hmm. but you can see why people didn't like it. Yeah, you know. So we've got that's that's a shame that Frank Oz isn't like puppeteering them but mm. I, I understand it so they go with treasure island the hopes are that they might then do a third which is arthurian which would have been great which would have been great oh my god do arthur and guinevere as a story or like just any king arthur legend yeah. maybe not gawain and the green knight or any of this oh, no, you'd have to have a green knight because it'd have to be kermit is the green knight no, because they would make a new Muppet for the Green Knight in the same way that they made a new Muppet for the Ghost of Yet to Come. Yes. Because you would have to, and I would love to see the Green Knight in a Muppet Fair style. Enough. If anyone has done that, let me know. But when they released this, uh, it released in February of 1996 in over 2,000 venues in the US, and it earned $7.9 million. Cool over its opening weekend, which was third in the box office at the time. It's crazy when you think about what box office numbers are. Nowadays. Nowadays. Like, that's a flop. Yeah. But now, and, and it feels weird saying nowadays, because obviously COVID's had a hit, but you look at, like, what Spider-Man got, you mm-hmm. know? At the time, it held the record for biggest opening weekend for a Disney film. Wow. Yeah. And Animated included or just live action? Just as Disney film. That's crazy. Ultimately, it grossed $34.3 million domestically. How much did it cost to make? What was its budget? Uh, around $30 million. So that's that's a flop then. Yeah, which is why they didn't make a third one. Yeah, because... It costs a lot of money to make a Muppets movie. Yeah. Mostly because you have to have a set on which you can have Muppets and people. Yep. All of their sets, if you think about Christmas Carol and you think about what you will see in this one, they make all of their sets because they have to be specifically made so that you can have your puppeteers hidden in certain scenes. So if you think about the streets that Scrooge is walking through in Muppet Christmas Carol, where you've got the penguins, for example, there's people under that street. Yeah, well, like the little rabbit that sings, Good King, let's us that's the doubt. Yeah. That has to be someone underneath. I, I love wrestling, and there was a period of time where they had like special celebrity guest hosts for Raw, and the Muppets guest hosted Raw. That's hilarious. But they did, but they had on the stage like a little table type thing so that you could have the puppeteers doing mm-hmm. that sort of thing for the wrestlers to interact. But you had to, it was really difficult. I was like amazed how seamless it came off because obviously you've got to hide the puppeteers. Mm-hmm. They had like, um, Bunt, uh, uh, Beaker from under the ring give one of these wrestlers like a super strength potion but they had to have like a really niche camera shot but if you're in the live audience you are just going to you're see just going to see yeah. that you know so it is very very difficult and you it's why these films are so masterful when you watch them because you think about the effort they do mm-hmm. you want to guess how this was received critically I don't think it was well I think this would be one of the lowest ranking Muppet movies um, critically uh, I think it'd be higher than Muppets in Space and Muppets Most Wanted mm-hmm. but I feel like it and possibly better than Muppets Take Manhattan 
Yeah. Um, so maybe it's a midway Muppet movie, but I don't feel like it's going to hit the heights of the Muppets or the Great Muppet Caper or the original Muppet movie or Christmas Carol. So, Rotten Tomatoes wise, it has an approval rating of seventy one percent. Fair. That's you know, decent. Yeah. And the general consensus is that it's a really energetic, really cheerful, enjoyable adventure with classic Muppet gags, but that it's less Muppet-centric than both Christmas Carol and the original trilogy. Yes. And that because you're sort of losing out on that key time with Muppet characters, it's just a film set in the Muppet world. Some people reviewed it and said that they wanted to see more of the Muppet characters and less of the Muppet characters as fake pirates. Yep. Because you've got a lot of Muppets who you won't recognise because they're made for this oh, and I, they're just like puppet characters. I don't like that in the Muppets. I like it yeah. when it's, you know, like every Muppet place. So I'm like, don't get me wrong. Well, wrong. they're not important. That's the thing. They're just background characters and they're trying really hard to keep to the key of we only have two or three humans yeah, and everybody else is a Muppet, so, so they've own, had to make some new people. So our only humans are Jim Hawkins mm-hmm. and Tim Curry is the baddie. One other. Oh, who's the other? Jennifer Saunders. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. We've just seen Jennifer Saunders in person this week. Yes, we went to see her in Sister Act and she was amazing. She's not important to this film you could cut her scenes and it wouldn't change oh, okay. the story that's yeah. so so really the only two human actors throughout there's no other human actors at all pretty much no. there are like background people but it's not important so there's no one else i'd recognize i don't think so okay that's fair yeah uh, but generally it got favorable reviews people really liked it uh this is my favorite quote is this film is notably handsome in a dark foreboding way the Muppet action scene blends seamlessly with human actors and adults will be kept giggling with witty, anachronistic jokes about codependence, water skiing and Henry Kissinger. <laughs> so the Fonzie. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the thing is maybe this is this is it's what a good kids film should have jokes for the adults. And obviously a lot of the adults have grown up with the Muppets here. So mm-hmm. they will want to see the Muppets doing a bit more season stuff, but still stuff for the kids. Yeah. I, I think I'll enjoy it. This film got sued. <laughs> what? How can you drop that bombshell on me now, just as we're about to head to watch it? There's a character in this film whose name is Spa-Am. He's a Muppet, and he's a pig. And he shows up later in Muppet Race Mania. He's a, a character in that. I actually haven't seen Muppet Race Mania. Um, but is that like a video game or an actual I have no idea. I've never heard of it. But um, the creators of Spam, which is the Hormel Foods Corporation, sued Henson Productions for using the name Spam for one of the characters. And in 1995, a judge dismissed it uh, for failure to prove damages and saying that one might think Hormel would welcome the association that Spam is a genuine source of pork. <laughs> so it was thrown out but i i think that's really funny so i can tell you that muppet race mania is a playstation game excellent which is a mario kart 
with the Muppets. That's awesome. Uh, it came out in 2000. You had 25 Muppet characters, 34 tracks based on locations in the Muppet films and TV shows. It was the first vocal appearance by Janice since the death of Richard Hunt in 92. Mm-hmm. And it's the first vocal appearance of Link Hogthrob since the death of Jim Henson in 1990. So. It was also final time frank oz voiced all of his characters before retiring from the muppets hmm. and it seemed to get favorable reviews 8.3 from ign so i'm going to try and find some youtubes of uh, muppet race mania because i do love a good mario kart clone cool yeah i'm excited for this one i love tim curry mm-hmm. obviously i know he's done pirates of penzance as well so you know i reckon he's going to be bringing that kind of gilbert and sullivan that is kind of why he got cast in this. Vibe to this, because he, he's, he's been the Pirate King. Mm-hmm. So When he was much younger. Yeah. And, you know, this is him post Home Alone 2, mm-hmm. where he's playing that kind of silly grown-up character. He's not too scary, but, like, manages to be menacing in a child-friendly way. He's pretty way. dark in this. Yeah, but not... I was really scared of this. This is the first Muppet movie I ever saw. Yeah. And it put me off of watching the Muppets because there are there's two things in this film that absolutely terrified me. One of them is a Muppet character, a new Muppet character. Okay. And the other one is how scary Tim Curry was. But I think Tim Curry is that kind of perfect level of children scary. Oh sure. I He's was not a child. Hitting Pennywise level of fear, I think, in this one. I, I always forget that that was him. Yeah. But yes. Cool. So it's time to set sail. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to go on a mystical quest to the Isle of Tortuga. No, instead we're going to go on a cruise for some buried treasure. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be back. <laughs> That's not, you're not going to understand. <laughs> well, it's time to light the lights. Mm-hmm. It's time to get things started on this Muppet show tonight. Sure. And we will be back very shortly after intermission. And we are back. Yes, we have sailed the seven seas. Sure. And I had a really good time watching this one. Did You didn't think you were going to, did you? I, I think it's impossible not to have a good time when you're watching The Muppets. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think I'd enjoy this one as much as I did because I kind of know it has a reputation. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I had a great time. I don't necessarily think it's as good as other Muppet films that I've seen there's certain things about this one that was like left me wanting yeah but there's some really interesting things about this one that feel very grown up compared to previous Muppet films and there are jokes about that yeah but you know it was it was fun uh it has Billy Connolly in it. That's crazy. Yep. I, I really enjoyed Billy Connolly. You were right that I shouldn't get too excited about Jennifer Saunders. Because mm-hmm. it is just kind of like a... Blink and you miss it. And also because she's so like heavily disguised, mm. I almost did miss it. But I did a little bit of digging, not like treasure digging like the Muppets were doing. I actually do know who Kevin Bishop is. 
Do you? Yeah. Uh, I know him from a really old Channel 4-like comedy sketch show called Star Stories, mm-hmm. where it was basically they would tell the biographies of different celebrities but like really tongue-in-cheek and yeah. it probably has not aged well at all but i remember he did like tom cruise george michael peter andre simon cowell as these big caricatures of themselves sure and he was one of them some of the, some of the people in it also did the horrible history stuff oh right so maybe he's also been in some horrible histories i don't know but i definitely know him however i would not have known it was him based on little him from this film because hmm. he does look very very different how did this one compare for you in terms of like watching it now versus when you first watched it was it still scary or was it i love this show i've rewatched this multiple times like i watched it in lockdown i think while i was having a bath once because i just really this film is so Chill and easy to watch, and I like all the songs. Yeah, fair enough. I didn't know you'd watched it during lockdown. It holds up for me, and there's some stuff that like has not aged well, as all stuff from the 90s and 80s, I think, has that problem now. But but that's weirder for a Muppet film, I think, than it is anything else, because the Muppets... I don't think so. There are lots of Muppets that fall into stereotypes. Especially background characters. Yeah. Fair enough. Happens a lot. Yeah. But Perhaps I watch like Muppets Christmas Carol Rose Tinted Glasses and I haven't really noticed it as much with like the original Muppet films because I haven't rewatched them. Yeah. And I haven't rewatched the Muppet show in recent years, so maybe mm-hmm. I just haven't noticed it. Yeah. Um the character that I think is scary is still scary. <laughs> what, Tim Curry? No. No, Tim Curry's not scary anymore. There's one of the Muppet characters I find really scary. I have no idea which Muppet character it is. I'll tell you when we get there. When we get there. I'm very very excited. I think this starts with a really, like, epic pirate overture. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you told me Hans Zimmer did this music. That's amazing. Yep. It feels really epic and it definitely feels like a step up Mm -hmm. in terms of, like, the story to Muppets Christmas Carol. That one feels far more quaint. This one feels like adventurous, which is really what they're going for. Yeah. It feels really weird for me to watch like the Muppet sting, you know, of like Kermit and then the Jim Henson like signature without it going into the from like Muppets Christmas Carol because I'm so used to that. Mm-hmm. We get Shiver Me Timbers. This is a really good song. I like all the songs in this show. (laughs) I think this one sets the tone really, really well. Mm -hmm. It feels like really intense. It feels really thrilling. But I'm not a fan of like the kind of ensemble Muppets in this sequence. And that was the biggest thing we talked about in terms of reviews was that people didn't like the ensemble Muppets, the new ones. Yeah. These ones were like critters. They had like crocodiles and just like non-recognizable characters mm-hmm. which like don't get me wrong muppets christmas carol certainly has that because you've got like the vegetable singing and stuff i love the vegetables but that in itself feels far more muppet-esque because 
they're usually inanimate objects. Mm-hmm. And even we have like the tiny Mises. Yeah. Like that feels very Muppet, but here it didn't. And I was just like, already it feels less like a Muppets film and more just like a film with Muppets. Mm-hmm. So whilst I'm really liking what I'm hearing, doesn't necessarily balance up with what I'm seeing. Yeah. We straight up see someone murder people. Yep. That threw me. Well, it's Captain Flint. Yes. Yeah, Captain Flint. Yeah, because that's what we're... Like, the plot of... So, this is... Okay. In terms of Treasure Island plot, obviously they've cut down a huge amount. Because if you did make the full... I mean, we watched the National Theatre Treasure Island. It is long. Mm. It's a long story not in terms of it's a big book but in terms of there's a lot going on you have to remember a lot of stuff while it's happening but with this they've obviously cut down on it but it's it's okay it's got like the bare plot yeah it's the most essential bits which i feel like you know it was easier to do a christmas carol because as long as you get you know you really only have to hit the key things you have to have like scrooge is evil he goes back to his past he then yeah sees the middle of his life he then you know sees the present he goes through his future he's a better person this there's so many more plot points to hit Mm. yeah it's a good introduction to the world and it definitely does make flint seem a bit more menacing and scary because here we are watching a muppets film with some death yeah the stakes are incredibly high compared to previous films Mm. and then we cut not to Tortuga, but to some... Is it like an island or is it just England? What, where Jim lives? Yeah. Yeah, he lives by the coast in England. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought, because then they travel after like this set piece, this whole sequence, up to like England, but we didn't see them on a boat. So I was like, he must just live in England mm-hmm. on the coast. And we have Billy Bones. Yep. Billy Bones Connolly mm-hmm. telling us this story, but everyone is just bored. It must be the only thing he ever... It's the only story he tells. He's this drunk old guy who tells this one story about Captain Flint over and over again. And it's because he has Captain Flint's treasure map. Yes. We get... Uh, throughout this, I wrote down nice little Muppet one-liners. Yeah. I sometimes wrote down who said them, sometimes I, I forgot. But this one was a really fun one during this whole sequence. I think it's Gonzo says, you know, boldly going where no man's gone before. And then it's like, say, that's a good line, you know, yeah. like with Rizzo. And that was just really, really fun. I, you, you get this really nice vibe here. You're in this dingy inn. Yep. You've got Billy, who's just boring everyone. You've got... Rizzo, Gonzo, Jim working. Mm-hmm. You get the sense that Gonzo wants more than this provincial world, but Rizzo is quite happy just staying put, doesn't want to have the journey. And Jim is, you know, obviously a tortured soul. Something's happened in his past. Or, you know, which is quite sad because he's a kid, but he also wants this sense of adventure. But he's kind of like in the middle of the two is he wants the adventure, but he also doesn't know what adventure he wants. Yeah. And I think the way they've written these three, you know, the family characters to kind of mm-hmm. like bounce off each other is really cool. They they like, you know, they're a family and you've got Rizzo's like, there's some family, a rat, a human and whatever Gonzo is. And a whatever. 
Which will play into Muppets in Space. Yes. Because isn't that all about finding where Gonzo came from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're in Cornwall. Cool. Yeah, because they're the Admiral Benbow Inn, which is the inn that Jim works in, is in a real place uh, in Penzance. Nice. So this really is Pirates in Penzance. Mm-hmm. We went to Penzance a year ago. We did, which is why we watched the pirate movie. <laughs> you loved it. We also see Jennifer Saunders and she runs this in. Yep. She's kind of taken in the family because they have no one else. Mm-hmm. And she works them for their keep. You don't get a sense of much of a bond. But she's... No, she gives them basically whatever leftovers uh, people haven't eaten in the day is what they get to eat. There's that nice running gag of how does she do that? Oh, she always she can always hear what they're talking about, yeah. and she'll just chip in occasionally. Yeah. How does she do that? There's a nice bit where they're saying goodbye to everyone, and she says, "Come back tomorrow. We'll have this." And she offends the pigs. She's like, "No, no, no!" Or she's like, "A nice suckling," and the pigs like, "What? Frog? Potato?" Oh yeah, and then the <laughs> potato goes out. Yeah. Or did me no offense. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was good. Because that's what the Muppets do. They're always very aware of like who their cast are, mm-hmm. which is nice. And we go into something better, which is it starts off very slow and sombre and then becomes like grander. But I thought at first it's like the Muppets doing tomorrow. Yeah, but it basically is. It's the I Want song. And you have obviously Gonzo and Rizzo backing up Jim. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they want adventures or they just want a nice place to park there their butt and fall asleep in yep and then billy comes back and he wants rum not songs mm-hmm. i think billy Connolly does a really good job here and i'm disappointed that he, he's kind of scary as well he is quite intimidating i don't think i was that fussed by him when i was a kid but like he it comes across as really intimidating especially to jim and gonzo yeah and i think that's actually quite effective mm. i was very shocked through all of this sequence that it culminates with him dying. Yeah. Because he's quite a big name to have attached to this. Yeah. And f- again, to straight up see somebody die in a Muppet film and it'd be Billy Connolly, mm-hmm. who is this quite nice comedic presence. That was a, that was a shocker. Well, and then obviously the joke is Rizzo says, did he just die? This is a kid's movie. Yeah. So we get a knock, 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 and there's somebody at the door. Right, this is who scared me. <laughs> oh, Blind Pew. Yeah. See? I don't like him. He creeped me out when I was a kid. He creeps me out now. I get the whole joke of him, like, walking into stuff because he doesn't actually know where anyone is. Yeah. I feel like he never comes... across design. I feel he never comes across scary because he's very much played for laughs. No, he just freaks me out. But this is another one of those instances where it disappoints me with the choice of Muppets. that They've built a whole new Muppet for him when they could have used Uncle Deadly. Yeah, I guess. You know, who's got the sinister vibe already? And maybe that would be less scary because you're using a Muppet that you already know. Yeah, I think that would be like using Count Count. As his character, you know, like he's not scary because we know him already. This guy scared me because I'd never seen this Muppet before. Yeah, which is fair. I can completely understand that. So he's blind Pew, the blind fiend. Mm -hmm. And he gives Billy Bones the black spot. Yes. 
So Billy gets nervous. He has to leave because it means the pirates are coming to kill him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is when we get the he died. This is supposed to be a kid's movie from Rizzo. Yep. That break in the fourth wall from the Muppets is really fun here. Mm-hmm. And not too many Muppets do. I think it is just Gonzo and Rizzo. It tends to be just them, yeah. Which is a nice kind of bit of continuity from this and Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh no, there's one joke that isn't from either of them, which is way later on, but it's from one of the female rats. Oh yeah, but we'll 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 get to that. It's one of my favorite jokes. Before he dies, Billy gives Jim the treasure map yes. to Flint's treasure. He begs him to go after it and to keep it safe from pirates. Yes, and one of my favorite visual gags here is when the treasure map's revealed. Uh, you get like the the little eyes flick. So Gonzo sees dollar signs, mm-hmm. and Rizzo sees like crosses. It's death, yeah. Which I thought was really nice. And again, you just get another another funny line from Rizzo's. We are standing in a room with a dead guy. Mm-hmm. This film is dark. Yeah. And, you know, it is like, what, four years later than Muppet's Christmas Carol. So, you know, and that's quite dark anyway at times. Mm-hmm. But this definitely feels like it's one that, you know, older fans of the Muppets would really like to see this. But have they forgotten the target? audience at times yeah like treasure island is that really the show to be doing for this family-friendly audience Mm -hmm. the pirates start attacking and jim starts to fight them off and no jennifer saunders does he runs into her room and she sends him out the back way and then she starts fighting them off which is really funny yeah and you have uh, Gonzo and Rizzo, they leave this gunpowder trail just trying to fill up the gun with bullets. Like Rizzo drops all the bullets and like, yeah, but you're spilling all the gunpowder. And they set off like this huge like gunpowder fire trail and they run back and forth like it's Scooby-Doo. Yep. And then bang. Mm-hmm. And the inn gets blown up and they basically say that they're going to head for London. Yes. Because there's no place like London. Jennifer Saunders is like, go for it. I'm good here. How does, How does she, she do, do that? that? Yeah. Nice way to end that. Which is weird, though, because you've got, like, three big human names attached to this project. We've used up two of them And you've already. used up two of them, mm-hmm. and we won't see them again, which is a shame. But we're off to Trelawney and Son. Yeah. Um, this set here, as they're walking towards it, we get, like, a panning shot of, like, London. That mm-hmm. felt very Muppets Christmas Carol. Like, they're on the same back lot, but they've just got rid of the snow. Yeah. And we've got Trelawney's half-wit son. So that, of course, is going to be played by Fozzie Bear. Yes. And at least he comes along on the trip this time. Yes. And I do really... I I, I can appreciate that probably people hate this. I really love the whole, you know, Mr. Bimble lives in my finger. He's been to the moon and he just sometimes listens to his finger. And he's like, ah, Mr. Bimble... I can't get on board with this. I, loved I don't it. think it's funny. I thought it was funny. Yeah, I know you did. You but love Fozzie Bear. Though. I do love Fozzie Bear, but I think the whole point is that it's it's almost like and I can imagine that this is when the Muppets do these films, it's very much the you know how like Barbie mm. is an actor in that world. So it's like Barbie in Swan Lake. Yeah. I always think of it as the Muppets are playing characters in this mm-hmm. so like fozzy has just gone rogue and he's just like i'm gonna make it funny and he's got yeah. this character and like kermit's like directing behind the scenes and it's just like no fozzy no 
and he just went with he's just like oh, I just we've just got to do it he's doing it's part of the character now and it just feels like on brand for Fozzie to be making this awful joke throughout and it I think it culminates in a really nice moment it's really interesting the way that they have him in this because in Treasure Island, I keep wanting to say Treasure Planet. Treasure Island. <laughs> Apologies is where we're in at. advance if yeah, you ever If drop I say Treasure, Treasure Planet. Planet, I know what I'm talking about, really. Trelawney is the one who buys the boat. They do not build this boat. That's a weird thing that they've put into this of like Jim being like, we want you to build us this boat. And that's not what happens. Trelawney finances the expedition. Yes. He goes along with them. My favourite line is like, because after all, what are rich half-wit sons for? Yeah, true. He buys the boat, he hires Captain Smollett, and he hires Long John Silver. Yes. And and the crew off Long John Silver's advice. Yes. That's, so that's all from the book. That's fine. However, there's this plot point where uh, Dr. Liversley, who is uh, Jim's friend who's going with him... Uh, which is replaced by Gonzo and Rizzo. Yeah, because then Dr. Levesi becomes Bunce and Honeydew and Beak yeah, is just like his But companion. they're not as important. Yeah. But they tell Trelawney, look, you cannot tell anybody about that we're, this is what we're looking for. And he immediately tells everyone. Because <laughs> after all, what are rich half-wit sons for? Yeah, and it's not described that way in the book, but that is kind of what he's like. But that's what I like, though, with the Muppets versions, is because they're reading between the lines and the subtext of this, and they're making the joke more apparent, because yeah. these people will have read this book and been like, yeah, well, Trelawney is this half-wit. But it's crazy to me that they didn't put that plot point in, because they make the joke about, oh, this rich half-wit son. Why isn't he drinking on the deck with... Yeah. Silver and being have... like, oh yeah, we're going off to Flint's treasure because it doesn't make any sense. But you also have the brilliant capability of him being like, I didn't say it, Mr. Bimble said it, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, but maybe it's just because they've had to condense this story. Yeah. And having that then actually cuts a lot of the Long John Silver and Jim moments. Yeah. Because the whole Jim trying to open up and, and be like, oh, I had this map. Mm hmm. But I'm sure there's other Long John Silver Jim I wish they could have, but maybe it doesn't work with the plot they're trying to say otherwise. Yeah. There's on this... I there's I clicked through onto the page about Trelawney as a character. Yeah. And it says film portrayals. So it has a list of all the actors who have ever played him. And then the last one on there is Fuzzy Bear, <laughs> which I love. That is very, very so funny. I love that we in the real human world also play along that these characters are actors in their own right and exist and i just think that's really funny so one of my favorite things is like when they were touring for muppets most wanted like you have they interviewed as them yeah Yeah, they have and they're talking about like and you're getting married and things like that i Mm -hmm. just i really enjoy that about the muppets because you know what else can you do that with we cut to the ship and we see satler and waldorf and they are like the ship's prow, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know where you might have a mermaid. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was great, and I love the fact they've changed the way they look as the. the they've made them wooden. Yeah, yeah, they've made cool. them wooden, so that's really nice. We have Bunsen and Beaker. Yep. I always wanted. To, I was going to say Burner. Burner. Bunsen and Burner. Bunsen and Beaker. We have. Uh, the boat is called the Hispaniola. And they are brought on as cabin boys. Yes. And they hear like this sea shanty. So they they kind of go wandering. Mm -hmm. And the family come across a very sexy 
Tim Curry singing and he's Long John Silver, the cook. Yes. He doesn't introduce himself as that. He introduces himself as John Silver. Yeah. And they don't see immediately that he has the wooden leg because the uh, whole thing when they were given the treasure map was don't trust the man with one leg. Yes, because it's guaranteed to be a pirate. Which, surely that does not narrow it down. <laughs> like... No. But there's a nice little moment where they're like, do it, that you can see like the shock on their face when they're, 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 they're confronted with the fact mm-hmm. he's got one leg because... And got... he explains what happens. He says that he lost it in service to the queen and or the king at the time, I yeah. guess. And that, you know, now he's a cook. And he actually owns an inn as well called yeah. the Spyglass. But yeah, so they're like, nah, he seems cool. It's fine. What I really like about Long John Silver is just how clever he is. Mm. You know, this is... Pirates sometimes get painted as like impulsive. Well, yeah, if you think about the Pirates of the Caribbean of it all. Yeah. They become more comedic and very much like they're they're painted as like we'll do this without thinking. Long John Silver has spent some time thinking about He's this. He's a pirate's pirate. Yeah, yeah, like it's very very, and I think that's why it makes him scarier. Mm-hmm. I obviously Long John Silver is one of those like historic names that everyone knows. Like it's one of the pirate names. Yeah. Even if you don't necessarily know Treasure Island, you know the name Long John Silver. Mm-hmm. We go. We we. <laughs> We meet his pet lobster, Polly. Yes. You know, which is a weird little sequence. Mm -hmm. And even Long John Silver warns of pirates at this point. And there's this weird bit where Polly disparages Mickey Mouse. Like, what were you expecting? Like, of course. A famous mouse with his own theme park. Yeah, Yeah. it's like, parrots can't speak. Where have you got that idea from? And then it's, oh, maybe you want me to be like a a talking mouse with his own theme park. Mm. So that was fun. I liked that. Do you know what the actual parrot says? No. Polly want a cracker? No. What's the like famous pirate parrot thing that they always say? Scrub the deck. Scrub the deck. (laughs) Pieces of eight. Okay. Yeah. And in the book, he's called Captain Flint. The parrot. Really? Yeah. Weird. Well, Silver's named him that as a joke. (laughs) Just either in honour or mockery of his real person. He says, pieces of eight and stand by to go about. Cool. That's cute. I I had a parrot, I would teach it to say pieces of eight. Pieces of eight. (laughs) I'm really pleased that Sam the Eagle is the first mate. Mr. Arrow. Mr. Arrow. I think this is the perfect casting for him. Like Mm. that kind of straight laced uh, first mate who's also oblivious yeah mr arrow is super annoying to the pirates because he's really keenly aware of what everybody's doing i think sam eagles is the perfect character so i'm Mm -hmm. pleased to see him get a little bit of a bigger role yep we meet captain abraham smollett i love this bit because as the captain is, is is coming up to the docks uh, Mr. Arrow is going on about how fearsome he is. Yeah, he's a raging volcano with demons, and Gonzo's like cool, and he paints all of this like, oh yeah, he doesn't sound for any nonsense. He'll throw he you. He paints him the way that Hannibal Lecter is painted in Science of the Lambs, oh, where like be... before you meet him, I would pay good money to see Muppet Science of the Lambs, but they before you meet him, like you're set up that he's going to be this terrifying character, and then. You've got the carriage coming in with the black horses, and this man gets out and then immediately steps to the side and hi ho, everyone. The frog. Yeah. yeah, 
And it's just really great. And we've got two really good lines to the reveal of Kermit just being like, hi-ho, is you get, that's the raging volcano. He's a frog. And then you get, I think Gonzo say, maybe he gets hopping mad. Mm-hmm. I thought that was brilliant. I do think that Kermit is unnecessarily sexy in his captain's outfit. Yeah. But I noticed, especially towards the end, like where he's not wearing his hat and the way he has like his receding hairline is he looks like Patrick Stewart (laughs) in like Picard or Star Trek. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, put those faces together, Jean-Luc Picard and Kermit. I want to see that, but I want to see... I really want to see Patrick Stewart cover, like in green face paint and be like, no, I'm Kermit. Oh, for sure. I think that would be brilliant. Uh, I really like the bits where you've got like Rizzo selling tickets to his Caribbean pirate tour. It's like, even if we get on treasure, we can get some money. And Sam keeps putting words in Kermit's mouth. Mm-hmm. It's like, you do this. And Kermit's like, I, I didn't say that. It's, you know, it's it's a fun little gag between this this dynamic. Yeah. We say get sailing for adventure. We get the line, let's not get sloppy just because we're singing. I think this is really fun as you're setting off. Like another really fun, like, Into the Unknown song. Mm -hmm. I I just really liked it. Also, one of my favourite through jokes of this entire film is the cruise that is happening. Yeah. While this pirate adventure is happening. And it just is so funny. Like, the fact that Rizzo has sold tickets for all these other rats to go on this cruise on the ship. Because, again, this is a pirate ship movie. There are always rats on pirate ships. It's the whole rats leaving a sinking ship thing. You know when something's going to go bad because all the rats get off. And so we have all the rats getting onto the ship in this, like, sub-joke of pirate ships but they're all wearing their Hawaiian shirts, drinking cocktails, and they've got their own little private deck that they use, and they're playing like, oh, what's the cruise game that they always reference in these movies? Shuffleboard? Yeah. Yeah, and like they're doing that, and it's just so funny to me that that is all just happening in the background. I like to think that these are the rats that were working for Scrooge. They are, it's the same rats. But like, this is them getting their vacation out of Scrooge as a nice guy. (laughs) Sure. Because I don't know when this is set in terms of, like, era. Probably way before the Victorians. Probably. But... I have no idea when Treasure Island is set. That's not great, is it? Let me look it up. Tim Curry's voice is so good. Like, every time he starts singing, I'm happy. Jim, unfortunately, not so much. You know, I think Kevin Bishop is great in this. Mm. And I think he does a really... He showcases... Mid-18th century... So it could be around the time of Scrooge then. Yeah. There we go. That's officially my canon. I think, yeah, Kevin Bishop does a really good job. He brings a lot of heart to Jim. He brings like the vulnerability, but also like the, the courage. Mm-hmm. I think as a performance, it's really good. I feel really bad for him with the singing and it's not as great as it can be. Yeah. I know that's, you know, like it, it's still good, but when you put him up against people like Tim Curry... I feel like you're ex- exposing him a little bit. Yeah. It's like Michael Caine when he sings. It feels really unfair on poor Michael Caine, mm-hmm. who is not a singer and is doing his best and is doing a really good job with it. But when you put him up against like other really good singers, yeah, it just it shows it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I love the bit where they do like a roll call 
It's like all the pirate names. He's like, you've got Dead Tim. Are you ticking it all off? Yeah. Dead Tim is just literally a skeleton. a skeleton. And we have Sweetums, which is really cool. Yep. I just love that Kermit gets more and more scared like as this goes on and more and more nervous about it all. Mm-hmm. So he calls a meeting, but he's just like, just these five people. Please. <laughs> so he wants to know who hired the cutthroat crew. And obviously... It was Mr. Bimble. Yeah. Mr. Bimble listened to Long John Silver for advice on who to hire. And again, he's really good at planting seeds in this. Yeah. You know, because so far we can only judge Long John Silver based on what we've seen of him. And he seems mm-hmm. really genuine and really nice. Yeah. And this is kind of like that whole, should you judge a book by its cover? You know, Kermit knows better. He's obviously got the expertise from all his sales his ventures yeah but we're looking to go well long john silver's not said anything bad yet he's been quite nice mm-hmm. like it, it positions us really well as jim this yeah because we should trust him at this point yeah we absolutely should kermit forbids drinking and long john's like oh god just one and then you have the nice bit where um bunsen beaker and fozzy are filling up a a beaker not beaker, but you a know. glass. And yeah. then when he's saying no, they chuck it out the window, and then we get the joke and with the rats. Again. Yeah, and the rats are like, why are you wasting perfectly good alcohol? Stop throwing the alcohol. Yeah, you're ruining our game. Yeah. Jim goes off solo with Long John Silver mm-hmm. and kind of leaves his family behind. And you can see that they feel a little dejected by this. Yeah. So you're kind of already sowing seeds of where things could fall apart. Mm-hmm. We get the electric mayhem. And they play some sexy jazz. Yep. As Harry we jazz. while all the rats dance. But this was a weird shot as well because it's like really sexy, like kind of schmoozy, romantic jazz. Yeah. And we pan up to Long John Silver and Jim. Yes, it was a little weird. <laughs> Staring out like this is Titanic. Mm-hmm. It was a weird shot uh, to have with that music. And you also see Kermit staring at a photo of Piggy. And we see the ship, like, just sailing off, you know, hitting the that, that sweet, sweet sunset. Mm-hmm. Gonzo and Rizzo get paranoid about being tortured and immediately get pounced. Yep. And tortured. And I love, I love Rizzo and Gonzo's dynamic. Mm. You've got, like, Rizzo can't watch and Gonzo loving it as he's stretched and his arms and legs are going longer, longer, longer. He's like, more, more. And, like, Polly Lobster's like, well, this isn't working, yeah. so let's try the rat. And Sam walks in and just watches, and you get that nice one where Sam just opens the door and is just staring, and everyone stares back. Mm-hmm. And I I honestly thought the joke was going to be, Sam would just be, as you were, and they just continue. Yeah. But instead, these nasty characters... I, I only know we had Polly Lobster, but I didn't know who the other two were. Like, I didn't know what they were supposed to be. One looked like a moose. Yeah, I don't know that I recognised them yeah. either. I didn't like their designs, Yeah, I have to say. they're supposed to be creepy looking. Yeah, but I feel like it would have been, again, better if you'd had actual Muppets. Yeah. You know, playing these roles. I don't mind Polly Lobster. Like, I'm glad it's not Pepe. So there's this thing that's in almost every... I guess every version of Treasure Planet 
We did I it. it. I knew I was going to do it. Treasure Island. It is also in Treasure Planet. There's a plot point where Jim hides in an uh, apple barrel. But in this version, he does it multiple times. He's just some occasionally just casually sitting in this apple yes. barrel. Yeah. We have this weird moment where Kermit orders the map mm-hmm. from Jim. And, and I, I think it's really interesting here because you're painting... It's because it makes you not trust Kermit. Yes. That's what I was thinking. And I think that's really effective because if you're Jim... Who do you trust? Yeah. The guy who's like, yeah, it's a good idea for you to hold on to it. Or the guy who's like, I order you to give it to me. Yeah. They gets locked up and then it's six weeks later and mm-hmm. everyone has cabin fever. And we get that nice like. I and the wibbly wobbly screen. This song is so funny. Yeah. I, I like the screen effects and we're going to cabin fever. And this so is there's fun. been no wind. So they're now just trapped at sea with no wind to push them along and that you just have to wait for the weather to turn. So they are all getting a little bit mad. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I really like the different styles and like the neon costumes in this. Mm -hmm. I thought this was really, really fun as a sequence. Yeah. And again, it feels very much like we're in their heads as this is happening. Yeah. And then obviously ends with things being like, oh, okay, the wind starts up, off we go. We're down in the jail. And Long John Silver and Jim come with food. And I think Long John Silver does a really good job of acting nice. And also like, this is... Yeah. And I think that's very, very cool. But then, immediately after, (laughs) he casts off Sam. Mm -hmm. He's like, well, we need to to check the boat's work. He doesn't use this voice. I don't know where you're getting this voice from. It's my pirate voice. Yeah. And he's like, and Sam's like, that's a great idea. Yes, yes. Mm. And do you want me to hold anything for you? And he's like, hats, things. What about your keys? They basically say that the boats could sink. Yes. And we need to check them. But the way that you check them is you cast out a little bit. That's even funnier in hindsight. (laughs) Why? How does this film end? Yeah, that's the joke. Just it's not the same boat. No, I know it's not. However, I've only you saying the line and us You've talking about it, it is I've just yeah. popped it of why that joke is so funny. Mm-hmm. But yes, I really like it because Sam's just so like, oh yes, and gets the keys and he gets set off. And they tell Captain Swallow. I just kept calling him Captain Kermit. I think that's funny. Smollett. Smollett. Not yeah. Swallow. Captain Smollett. That, you know, Sam has gone overboard and everyone mourns him. Yeah. But then Polly does a jailbreak and they get the map. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, it's weird because at this point, even though we've kind of gone through Jim's perspective and, like, Long John Silver hasn't been exposed. Yeah. It's explicitly clear to us mm-hmm. that Long John Silver's behind this. Yeah. But then... Before that happens, or after that happens, we then see Jim in the apple barrel Mm -hmm. and we hear Long John Silver's plan and we hear him interacting with them. And him explicitly saying that he killed Arrow. But surely they just shouldn't have the moment before that that made it clear that they were doing this for Long John Silver. They should have just waited and then had that reveal with Jim. I like it this way. Yeah, don't don't get me wrong. I think it's so. Of... It's revealed that all of the pirates that are on this ship all used to be part of Flint's crew. Yes, and they managed to, somehow managed to get away before he marooned them all on his island. 
yeah, but they, they want the to go back. Didn't and, get killed. Yeah, they want to go back and get his treasure. Which, fair enough, they probably part of that process of getting it in the first place. Mm-hmm. So you have land ho, and everyone's getting ready to go. And as everyone's getting off off the ship, the family tells Captain Kermit. Oh, they tell him that Silver is leading a. Oh my god, what's it called? Mutiny. Yes, mutiny against him so being very intelligent kermit is like hey mr silver you're the cook could you take some men to the island and get a base camp set up that would be great and so silver's like yeah great idea but he obviously again is intelligent enough to know that i'm only kermit's copped on to him so he's taking jim with him basically Yes. Whether or not Jim wants to go. And I like this because he throws his crutch up. He's like, come on, Jim, have an adventure. And Jim's like, no, I'm I'm quite okay here. Thank you. He goes, well, you, you at least passed my, pass my crutch. Yeah. And he grabs, pulls Jim on. Mm-hmm. And then I like that we cut into the captain's quarters and we learn that Kermit's plan is simply to run. Like, that's it. Yeah, they were going to leave them, behind, maroon them on the island. Yeah. And then it's revealed, like, no, you can't. They've got Jim. Mm-hmm. And Kermit being a good person is like, well... I guess we have to save him. Yes, we have to save him. There's a nice bit before we go into the next song where Electric Mayhem don't know whose side they're on, the frogs or the pirates. Yeah. I thought it was quite cool. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we don't get enough Electric Mayhem. True, because they've ended up on the island. Yes, we don't get enough Electric Mayhem between this and Muppet's Christmas Carol because they're used for they're like... They're just in the Fozzywig party, Yeah, they? But it is tough. Like, where else would you put them? Like what, in Christmas Carol? And this... Yeah, you couldn't really. Exactly. So it's it's nice to have these few moments with them. Uh, and we get professional pirate as Long John Silver tries to initiate Jim. Yep. And this is by far the sexiest Tim Curry moment of the film. Mm-hmm. He's in his full pirate gear at this point, And he's having a great time singing. Yeah. And he gets a, a nice moment where he's like even... Like being, he's directing the rest of the pirates where to move him. He's like, upstage, lads. This is my only, my only. Number. This is my only number. Yeah. yeah, that's so funny. But Jim doesn't look convinced, so he's essentially forced into it. It's like mm-hmm. you're either gonna come with me willingly or or by force. They made him the Muppets crew made him a John Silver Muppet for him to keep. Aww. After the filming of this. That's really cute. It's really cute. It's the kind of thing where I would always be like, yes, I would please like to do a Muppet movie because like, they might make me a Muppet of myself. Yeah, it's like, do you think Jason Segal has the Muppet version of him? Mm-hmm. I hope so. I hope so. I would want it. My favourite throwaway joke. I absolutely mm-hmm. love that bit. They want Jim because Jim's obviously got this compass. But because and Jim's revealed it to Long John Silver that it's the only thing he has yeah. of his dead dad, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Please don't take it from me. You know what this means to me." And Silver's like, "I don't want to take it from you, so come with me." Because that would one be way easier. Of, yeah, yeah. I'm t- getting it one way or another. Yeah. I don't know why nobody else has a compass. I feel like that would be a normal thing to have if you Especially were at if they've put all this this planning for this. Surely they've got the compasses. Yeah. That or, you know, uh Mr. Bimble left all the compasses at land and Tim Curry's like, damn it. Mm-hmm. Kermit Guns and Rizzo set off to rescue Jim. And this is where we do learn that officially Long John Silver 
and his pirates were Flint's crew. So it's how he justifies this to do is like, we're owed this. Yeah. Uh, and he, you know, we get the shot from the cannon, and Jim's like, "Ha they're fighting back." And Long John Silver's like, "No, this is my plan. Two rounds means that they've taken over the ship, and it's my ship now." And then, sure enough, we get the second round, and Jim just looks really like down, and he's like, "Right, okay, I'll go with you." Yeah. <laughs> now we have this interesting moment where it's like lights out for uh, Rizzo, Gonzo, and Kermit. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Are they having a, a, a kip before they go on for the rest of the journey? But it's lights out. What are Muppet eyes made of for the fact they glow in the dark? I don't know. They just always do. It's a, it's a great little moment. Like, obviously, their eyes shut and then it's Rizzo, and then you get like a few other eyes crop up in the background, and like that is scary. Mm-hmm. But what are Muppet eyes made out of? them to do that ping pong balls because that wouldn't happen for human eyes but it's a really nice little moment humans are slightly bioluminescent cool i didn't know that Mm. they're abducted by pigs and i can immediately see where this is going and this is where we meet spam the high priest of the ball spam yeah um i this is where the issues came in like people were like this is a bit stereotypy we're not keen on this yeah i didn't like this yeah it's unnecessary i this isn't from the book. No. I, I, I don't like Boom Shaka Laka Laka. It's my skip song. Yeah, same. But I also think it is problematic and offensive. The only way I would find this funny is if it was Miss Piggy making them act like this. Yeah. Because that would make sense to me with Miss Piggy's character. You know she would lap that up. Oh, yeah. So if it was that she was making them act this way, that would be hilarious. But it's clear that these are natives to this island and that's just how they act, which is not. Yeah, and I think it's okay. just like, why, you know, Piggy makes us do this. She, she gives us gold to do this. It makes... She pays us with actors, yeah. yeah. Like, that would be better. Mm-hmm. Especially because we have, like... Obviously, she's the one that has the treasure. Yeah. But we also see the pig from Pigs in Space, the captain. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't speak at all because I think his Muppet performer died, had died and this is one of the first times he'd been seen. But we see him, you know. So she, Miss Piggy, is Benjamina Gunn. She arrives on an elephant. Yeah. As the tribal queen. Um, but in the the character in the book is a man. Really? Yeah. Ben Gunn. <laughs> Oh, okay. I didn't know that because he was marooned here by Flint. He found Flint's treasure, took it back to his own hut, and has just been waiting for somebody to come and get him. Okay, just because the whole like idea that it's an old girlfriend kind of worked for me. Like I just naturally assumed that there would be this, you know, Captain Swallow had like an old girlfriend that. No, nope. it's a clever workaround to make this work for Piggy. Because how else do you get Miss Piggy in otherwise? Because mm-hmm. there are literally no female characters in this. No, story. you would have just had her be the Jennifer Saunders character at the beginning, and that would have been a waste. Uh, well, exactly. Of all the Muppets, I think the only person there's there's only two Muppets you have to have mm-hmm. in pivotal roles, and that's Piggy and Kermit. Yeah. Yeah. She chops him, he flies into a, a gong, and he's like, old girlfriend. And then we cut to the pirates who make it to the treasure, and like, oh, look, great, we don't have to dig it, it's already there for us. And they open it, and there's none there. And then it's weird, because Long John Silver tells Jim to run. Oh, yeah, so 
basically the pirates are like, Jim's the one who was reading the map. Silver has been really pally with this kid the yes. whole time. They've obviously set us up. Silver is trying to do to us what Flint did to the crew that were here, which is kill the crew and take all the money for himself. So they think that they've double-crossed them and they're going to kill him and Jim. So, And it's quite nice to see that Long John Silver actually does care about Jim instead of like hold him in front and be like, you know, you know, Jim's my human shield. Yeah. We got back to the pig camp and we see Swedish chef has a pig nose and someone says, well, how else are we going to get him in the film? Which mm-hmm. I thought was funny. Nice little throwaway reference. You know that he has human hands. Yeah, I said that while we were watching it. I was like, has he always had human yeah, hands? Yeah, always had human hands. He always has. Yeah, I don't like it. Run the home to he. Yeah, and I don't like Swedish Chef. I don't think he's funny. I, I find him very irritating. I like him in small doses, but I like there's a nice video with him and Gordon Ramsay, and I thought that was funny. Yeah, I'm sure people who are Swedish or speak Swedish don't find him funny. Yeah, no, I'm sure they don't, and that's a really good point I hadn't thought of. Yeah. I can't imagine how many Swedish people go to like places and they're like oh Vonda Honda like, oh Swedish like yeah. to the chef yeah. or, you know go to Ikea and they, they you know yeah yeah Jim sneaks away saves Rizzo and Gonzo he unties them and then we cut back and we see the pirates mourning that dead Tom's dead and he killed like, dead Tom he's always he was been already dead, dead. Along John Silver's given the black spot. But they a... use a page from the Bible, and so he does this grand speech about how they're all going to hell now. Like... And it's sort of just to freak them out so that they'll stop. Yeah. But they're properly cowed by this, and then they capture Smollett and Benjamina. But they immediately go back to Long John Silver as the captain because he will save them from this, like... Curse. Curse, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sam's Benjamina alive. actually dated Silver. Oh, yeah. Previously. Yeah, that was weird. That was a weird joke. I like the idea of that though. Because yeah, she was marooned by Flint, and yeah, we see Sam's alive. He comes back to the boat and he helps. He's like, I'm starting to think that Silver's not trustworthy. Yeah. And is... he helps get control of the boat back with mm-hmm. the the crew, and we yeah Kermit is here to make amends and we learn that he left piggy at the altar because he always does he's a terrible boyfriend he just, just shouldn't marry her i don't understand That's why i like the muppets when they did like the office themed one like where they're creating like piggy live like where she has like a chat show and uh, people hated it but i really liked it but him i and, didn't like it i yeah because you only watched three episodes and he gave up on it yeah because i didn't like it but i really like it but I love, I love that in the run-up to the press for the show, they're like, so we hear Kermit, you've got a new girlfriend, what happened? And they're actually like treating it like there's act, they've actually broken up. Yeah. And, they should break up. But oh they my should, God. it's such a toxic they're relationship. They're so bad for each other. Uh, they <laughs> hang Smollett upside down from a cliff, and then also Benjamina. Long John Silver holds a gun up at Miss Piggy. I want to. I, I can't imagine how fun that must feel to hold a gun to, to a muppet. A muppet, yeah. I don't like what Spam says about you know like they they they're gonna come to rescue and Piggy's like, look, I've got my gang. Oh, here. They have the boomstick. Yes, I did yeah, like that. That's I, dumb. Yeah, yeah. And then Piggy's like, oh, but yes, they're hung upside down. Benjamina says, "I'll tell you where it is if you let us go." And he's like, "Yeah, okay." And then she tells him, and then he's like, "Yeah, no, I'm not letting you go. You're an idiot." Yeah. Which I always love from a villain. Oh my god, that would... I say this a lot. 
<laughs> I don't know whether this is a good thing or not. Whenever we watch movies, I'm always like, I would be an infinitely better villain than these characters because I would just kill them. Yeah. Like, there's no reason why you w- you can't just get around to killing these main characters. And I love it with uh, Silver in this film where he's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll let you go if you tell me where the treasure is. Psych. <laughs> See you later. I really love the way that they get control of the ship back is they prey on, like, the superstition of the pirates and they have like sam dress up as a ghost and all the pirates are, like run away yeah so this is because benjamina is miss piggy in this yeah they don't have her be a previous part of flint's crew this is a plot point from the book yeah and they've changed it slightly so that they can have it be muppet related but it, what it should be is Benjamina shouting Flint's last words and the crew will get really freaked out because yeah. they think Flint's ghost is here. So they do it instead with Sam Lee. I thought it was fun. Yeah, me too. We get Love Let Us Here, which mm-hmm. is okay. I, I liked it. It's a really nice sequence. Like it was very well shot and like all edited together. It felt like a really nice romantic number. Yeah, it's cute. I love the arrival at like Piggy's house and like all the gold. Like, of oh my course, God. Piggy as we are going like to Piggy's house, we have my favorite rat joke, which is that while this is all happening, the rats are doing a tour of the island, and the rat tour guide says, And if you look over, you'll see that this is the exact spot where they filmed Muppet Treasure Island. Speaking of hilarious, I think this, this bit is really, really funny, but also like I, I can see why people might not find it funny. But I thought it was funny. Obviously, you've got Piggy and Kermit suspended. And of course, Piggy's rope wears before Kermit's. She falls, and Kermit grabs, and she's like, Oh, you oh make my it God, look Kermit, so easy. you saved me. And I'm we, so strong. And we pan up, and it's his little bug eyes, like <laughs> struggling. <laughs> yeah. And it's just that shot of Kermit. Like, he really obviously stricken. manages to hold on to her for a while, too. Because, yeah. you it's know. The power of love. That's the power of love. It's the power of Kermit the Frog. I just love his little bug eyes. Yeah. I love little <laughs> alternate things to yeah. Muppets is when they add things like that. And that's yes. very funny. Uh, Jim obviously coming towards the island. Uh, Long John Silver's like, "What's he doing?" And he sees Kermit and Piggy dangling, so they change course to try and save them. It's like set up a net, mm-hmm. and they fall. They miss. They miss. But Stalin <laughs> Waldorf saved them. Yeah, and it's like they saved the pig and the frog because it was too late to save the movie. <laughs> yep. And then we get the fight scene. This is really fun to see, like a Muppet fight sequence. Mm-hmm. Sam... Sweet Tim's defect to Smollett's side. Good. Which you were pleased about because you love Sweetums. I love Sweetums. Because I think he always looks more intimidating than he is, but he's a sweet soul. Yeah. But he's supposed to look like scarier than he is. So mm-hmm. I quite like that, again, the don't judge a book by its cover thing. Mm-hmm. I think Sam is badass with his sword. Yep. Um, Kermit. Kermit does. Kermit's shirt pops open. Yep. And we reveal that he has a Miss Piggy tattoo on his chest. Yep. Which might be the funniest thing I've ever seen in a Muppet movie. Every time it happens, I forget that it's coming and I nearly fell off the couch. I love that he's fighting like Yoda in Attack of the Clones, like bouncing all over the shop. Oh yeah, because he's a frog. However, my favourite bit of fighting is the perfect culmination to the Mr. Bimble joke. Is like Fozzie closing his eyes and just the finger using the sword and fighting really well for him. Yeah. And I genuinely is like, there actually is a Mr. Bimble. Yeah, <laughs> like, he exists. He's a real person. It's not just Fozzie doing a bit like this is a real thing. And I just love it. He's just covering his hands and Mr. Bimble's fighting. 
And yeah, this is when I noticed that like Kermit had um, Patrick Stewart's hairline. We had this nice fight and, you know, Jim wins. Long John Silver's... He surrenders because he's outnumbered. Except, you know, the next... The next night, or you know, he has keys. So he lets yeah, him. he still has Mr. Arrow's keys. Yeah, because nobody checked him, I guess. And so they he escapes in the night and he takes the treasure with him. Yeah, and Jim wakes up and is like, Why are you doing this? You, you know, you, he's like holding a gun at Tim Curry. No, no, he's not. Tim Curry is holding a gun. Oh, okay, at Jim. Jim has a whistle. Oh, he has the whistle. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, Geez, yes. And Jim's like, No, you should stand trial in Bristol. Um, and Long John Silver says, I have a fear of hanging. Yeah, which, fair, same. Um, and then Long John Silver's like, I can't shoot because I admire you, Jim. Like, And it, it doesn't feel it's manipulative. It's really sad. It, They're both crying because Jim can't blow the whistle on him. And um, Tim Curry, Long John Silver can't yeah, kill and it, Jim. It doesn't feel like he's trying to manipulate. It feels like a very genuine moment. Yeah. And he has the line where he says, I'll let you go. But I never want to cross paths with you again. I never want to see you again. Yeah. And they're both really sad about it. And then we pan across and Kermit's been sitting there the whole time. And Kermit's just like, good. No, but Kermit's like proud of him. Kermit's like, good for you. You're a good person. He's like, your dad would be proud, Jim. <laughs> but I just love the idea that they were, that obviously from where Silver was, he would have been able to see Kermit just standing there. Kermit's just like comes out the shadows. He's had his eyes closed the whole time because <laughs> Muppet eyes glow apparently. Yeah. Um, Long John Silver sinks. Yeah, he rows away and Mr. Arrow's like, oh no, the boat that he took, that wasn't seaworthy. I tested that one. That one would have sunk if somebody had gone in it. So he's stranded on Treasure Island and all the gold sinks. Yeah. And as we sail off into the sunset, the rats are scuba diving and they go and get the treasure. Yeah. And we're off on a new adventure. I did, I have to admit, I do feel like this ending feels very rushed. Yeah, there should be a finale song somewhere here. Just, yeah, there's no kind of finale song. There's no the love we share. But it just, it feels very rushed. Yes. Whole... I always think they ran out of time making this yeah. movie. And I don't like love power. Yeah. And again, because it's like a credit song as opposed to like an actual thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a fun film. Yeah. So, who is your MVP and why is it Tim Curry? <laughs> of course it's Tim Curry. Oh my god, he's my MVP in anything that he does. He is really... Although saying that, he's one of those people that, like, he seems like a really nice person, but I don't want to know anything else about him. Um... I'm sure it'll bite me in in the derriere, but by all accounts, whenever you hear stuff about him, he seems like a really genuine, down-to-earth person. Hmm. Like, obviously, he doesn't do, like, public appearances anymore because of his failing health, which is such a shame. You know, he's somebody who I'd love to meet at, like, a Comic-Con or something or, you know, musical con. And you he won't, which, you know, obviously his health comes first, but it's such a shame. Yeah. Because, obviously, when they did the Rocky Horror remake, he was the narrator in it. Yeah. Which is very cool, and it's a nice way to, you know, pay homage to him. He's my MVP. He... he, he is fantastic and i feel like he you can see why he's scary like he is scary he's not like scary to adults Mm -hmm. but he doesn't ever come across like two pantomime villain as well which you could with a muppets film like this yeah so i really liked him who's your muppet mvp 
Um, probably Rizzo. I think he made me laugh more than any other Muppet in this film. I'm going to say Fozzie, because Fozzie made me laugh with Mr. Bimble. Yeah, I knew, I, re- I knew you were going to say I really like that, but I do think Rizzo has some great one-liners. Where was the other moment that somebody spoke to the audience? It was that rat. Oh, that rat, rat joke where she's saying about the um, them actually filming Treasure yeah, Island yeah. here. It's one of my favourite jokes ever. What's your skip song? Boom shakalaka, like you say. Yeah, and Love Power. Mm-hmm. But I could listen to the rest of this. I think... You know, it's difficult to say what my best song is because I think, like you've said, the rest of them are all really good. I'd be inclined to say Shiver Me Timbers. Yeah. Um, But Cabin Fever, I think, is probably the best. Mm-hmm. What about you? I like all of them. I don't think I can pick just one. <laughs> Who would you want to play in your very like few choices? I mean, Silver, obviously, right? I think you could play Silver. I don't see why not. Yeah. And, I mean, I feel like Billy Bones would be fun to play. Bill, Billy Connolly is the first person to ever die in a Muppet movie. Yeah. So I feel like that would be fun. But yeah, I feel like, obviously, there's not really any good roles for me. I think this. you could play Long John Silver. I don't see why not. I That's who I said, but I would also like to be Fozzie. Like, just this version of, like, that character. Mm-hmm. Just not fuzzy. Over to Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. For some views from the listeners. 21% of people said, I've never seen it. Mm. 8% of people said, no, I'm staying on land. 17% of people saying it's okay. 54% of people said, yes, let's set sail. Uh, Elena says two words. Tim Curry, that's all. Yeah. And... At we underscore Wesley 29 says one of my favorite Muppet films. Tim mm-hmm. Curry is brilliant in this. You'll love it. Yeah. On Instagram, 28% of people said they've never seen it. 6% of people saying no, staying on land. 11% of people saying it's okay. And 56% of people saying yes, let's set sail. So between Twitter and Instagram, majority of people really like this one. Yeah. Good. I gave it three and a half stars. I, I'm not going to comment on like the original trilogy of Muppet films because I don't remember them as well. Mm-hmm. But you're comparing this to Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol, Muppets, Muppets Most Wanted. Yeah. I think Muppets Christmas Carol is my favourite Muppets, followed by The Muppets. I think this one is the third, you know, it, it, it is third place, better than Muppets Most Wanted. Mm-hmm. I really liked this one. Um, I gave it three and a half stars. Mm-hmm. I think, like you say, there's a few things of like spam and all the the bores. I don't like that, and I think the pacing is off at a few points. And I just don't think they capture the same magic, yeah, as Muppets Christmas Carol. That you can absolutely see why we haven't had more Muppets in this, yeah, because it doesn't capture the same magic. But I did really enjoy it. Mm. I would love to see the Muppets do, like... I mean, the problem is Disney aren't doing anything with them. But I would love to see the Muppets in Silence of the Lambs. Or yes, the please. Muppets in The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. 
That would be great. Muppets Great Gatsby. I know a lot of people, like, that went viral last year. And I'd love to see Muppets Great Gatsby. I don't... I've heard people have talked about online before, like, Muppets Pride and Prejudice. That sounds hilarious to me. Miss Piggy playing Mrs. Bennet would be incredible. The issue with that one is you don't have enough female Muppets for it to work. I know. That's but that. you would just have it be like her, whoever the human is who's playing Lizzie Bennet, you just have her siblings be Muppets and it doesn't matter. That's actually a fair point. Is that's where you cast your human character. Yeah. Muppet Sherlock Holmes would be good. I know we kind of have the, the, the great Muppet caper. Yeah. Muppet Dorian Gray. Muppet Jekyll and Hyde. That. that would be good. I know who you would want Fozzie to play. <laughs> or like, you know, if you had like a Muppet Van Helsing type thing where like all these different characters came together. We really don't have any female Muppets, do we? No. That sucks. You'd have to have Camilla be one of them, but Camilla would just squawk the whole oh my time. God, Camilla would be Lydia Bennett and that would be the funniest Which thing. Which one's I'd Lydia? The one that runs off with the So Gonzo, so Gonzo the would be the officer. That would be so cool. <laughs> Yeah, I, I... Oh my God, somebody please make Muppets Pride and Prejudice. You can absolutely see why that as an idea fell apart from Muppets Treasure Island. Mm-hmm. And maybe they would have been better off doing like Arthurian Muppets first. I enjoyed I had a great time. And if you haven't seen it, you absolutely should. Like, it's a fun way to spend an evening. Yeah. There's some absolutely delightful Muppet humour in this. Mm-hmm. It's great. So... What are we watching next week? Next week, we are going to be watching Thoroughly Modern Millie. Yes. now The that movie ep- version. That episode might be coming out a little bit later than our musical Monday spot. Yes, because we are in Edinburgh. Yes, as of Wednesday... No, Thursday. So Thursday, we are in Edinburgh for the Fringe. Mm-hmm. So we might be a little bit delayed in getting our Thoroughly Modern Millie episode out. Yep. The week after, we are going to be covering uh, one of our shows that we're going to be seeing up at the Fringe. The <laughs> the main reason we've chosen to go up to the, the Fringe, uh, mm-hmm. Rob Madge in their production, My Sons Are Queer, But What Can You Do? Yeah. Very, very excited for that. I'm so excited to go and see that. But as always, you can get yourselves involved in the conversation over on Twitter and Instagram at It's a Musical Pod. Let us know your thoughts. And you can subscribe to us on a multitude of good podcasting platforms. We are available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on the Amazon Music app under the podcast section of the library. You can find us on Stitcher, Good Pods, and our OG hosts, Podbean. And if you like this show, you can head over to any of those platforms and leave us a review and subscribe. Uh, You can also head over to podchaser.com and leave us a review there. But if you do like uh, what we do, why not share us with a friend? Until next week, we will see you same bat place, same bat channel. Have a magical musical Monday.